Welcome into another great edition of Strong Style, our weekly combat sports. That's MMA, that's pro wrestling, and uh, that's a few things in between. Our weekly Impact Media offering on that. Lots to get into tonight. Uh, include a topic that kind of arose uh, yesterday. Uh, a friend of mine who's kind of a casual wrestling fan, uh, saw a potential rumor that I will address. But, so much to get into. Let's jump into it right now. Let's start with the WWE. And in doing so, we're going to... Um, you know what, let's... Uh, I'm going to go over Extreme Rules first, and then we'll go into uh, kind of pick up the pieces, things that were not featured on Extreme Rules. And uh, then we'll jump into NXT, and that'll pretty much be WWE. We'll start with WWE, though. All right. Um, Extreme Rules, of course, happened on Sunday. There were it was, it was a solid card. They they really didn't have any crazy or down moments. There was some actually some pretty good moments. Uh, that being said, it started with Carmella versus Liv Morgan. They are, uh, these are, these are two, I don't think they know which one they want to strap the rocket to here and, uh, and boost them up to the top. Liv Morgan finally getting some opportunities. She's done some good things. Carmella has, uh, her, her in-ring work has, has come miles and miles. Uh, it is so good. They're both extremely good workers. And, uh, that's what made this match fun and made it, uh, very entertaining. Now, Liv Morgan gets the win. But I don't think it hurt Carmella there because it was such a strong performance. As far as going forward, I can see Liv, I can see these two going at it a couple more times. Um, Liv's not quite ready to challenge the title, but that's a that's a whole nother fiasco to itself. Right now, uh, I could see her building up. I don't I don't want to pair it off into a team, even though these two paired as a team wouldn't be bad. I don't want them paired into a team or anything yet, uh, but just solid win, and uh, Carmelo bounced back. The New Day took on Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and almost, I guess because they just wanted to reunite the New Day and uh, include Bobby Lashley in there somewhere. Big E gets the pin over Lashley. It was really, really good to see the New Day, all three members, back together. Um... AJ is, is always phenomenal, for lack of a better word. Lashley is fantastic, and uh, almost to be as big as he is and to be this new, it's not bad. Uh, pretty good match, lots of uh, six-way action. Like I said, Big E over Lashley. 
if he keeps beating him like this, then then when they do have the rematch for the title, it's it's not going to mean anything, and uh, that's sad for Lashley. Uh, let's see. The Usos took on the Street Profits, and I would normally say, well, this one probably I'd be a squash for the Usos, not because Street Profits aren't good, but because the Usos are, are hanging with Roman right now and need to be strong. Well, they did win the match, but these four, I hope they wrestle against each other many more times. This was fantastic. It was uh, a almost A-plus on the match. Usos did get a win over the uh, more dinged-up forward than uh, Dawkins. Dawkins got to kind of shine in this one, and he looks fantastic. Moving forward, like I said, they'll probably have another match or two against each other. I don't want the titles off the Usos yet, but you got to do something with the Street Profits. But there is a draft coming up. So you could... I don't know, I don't know if there's a ring back form on Raw. The last draft, they just come to SmackDown. I think they just come to SmackDown. But we'll get into draft talk later on down the road. As far as the Usos, like I said, they'll have a couple more matches with... with um, with uh, the Street Profits, and then I don't know who they move on to, but they'll continue to uh, hang out with Roman. Because I think that'll be the first chink in the armor of the family is the Usos, I believe. Although it would be more entertaining if Roman lost, we'll get to his match in a minute. Charlotte Flair took on Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship. I know what a lot of people say. Uh, Alexa is uh, way better with her character and gimmick and development that way. And Charlotte is uh, an A-plus, just athletic phenomenon. And I would agree with that. I would also say that Alexa is one of the more athletic, high-energy women's wrestlers they have. And that Charlotte Flair actually does a lot with her character and gimmick without doing a lot. Where Alexa uses her facial expressions to help tell stories... Charlotte just kind of does that rock move where uh, she just kind of throws an eyebrow one way or the other or just a smirk or an evil. She she uh, less is more with Charlotte as far as the way she does that. Um, obviously, Charlotte wins and retains the title. There was some uh, weird kind of sci-fi stuff with, with uh, Lily involved in this. And then at the end, Charlotte gets the win. She tears up Lily. And uh, really just destroys Alexa Bliss while she's at it. This is going to bring up something here in a second. I, I will uh, I will come back around to it because I'm going to make a little bit of a point with it. Uh, moving forward, Charlotte will move on to, my guess is Shayna. That's one of the tidbits from Raw I was going to say is Shayna got an almost squash victory over Nia. Which is, I mean, Shayna's ability off the charts. Nia's ability... Not sure it's on the charts. She's she's good for what she is and what she does, but Baszler is way better at, at the performing part of it. Um, but I could see them building up uh, Charlotte versus Shayna. Shayna will, I guess, have to go face to do that. I think there'll be somebody in between them, though. You want to build up the Queen of Spades a little bit more than that. But back to this. Like I said, Charlotte will move on to the next competitor. I'll get into Alexis' future here in a minute. Damian Priest took on Jeff Hardy and Sheamus for the U.S. title. 
Jeff Hardy, I've never quite figured out why he's as popular as he is. The crowd was almost 90% behind him. Uh, Sheamus is great as a heel because he has these just dastardly moves, just uh, ways to just really pick on the, the good guy and, and really get at the crowd. He's fantastic at it. And Priest is, uh, like we said, got a, got a rocket on his back and really be doing some big things. Uh, Priest retains. It was a pretty good match. Uh, oddly enough, if you had to rank them, it was probably one of the worst of the night. But it, in being worst, it's still a, a solid B. It was three performers who understand their role, understand everything going on, and they did it well. Moving forward, Jeff Hardy will continue to um, be super popular, do some weird and crazy things, and kind of hang out in the mid-card. I think Sheamus is on a collision course eventually to um, take on Big E. I think he's going to be the next opponent up after Lashley, and I look forward to that. And then Damian Priest, we say, he's going to keep defending the U.S. title until they can free up some space up top for him to be in the main event. Uh, I think it's probably a year down the road. Becky Lynch took on Bianca Belair. Once again, this shouldn't be close because Becky is such a seasoned veteran and uh, just so good and off the charts. But Bianca is just super athletic. She may be really young in the game, but she can hold her own with a lot of people. And she really showed that here. And you don't need her to look quite weak. So they did the next best thing, and they had Sasha Banks, who... uh, was supposedly injured. I don't know if that was a work or not. But Becky took her spot and won the title at uh, the previous pay-per-view. So uh, it's only fair that she'd be back in now that she's there. But she ran down a DQ victory for Bel Air. Uh, even though she took them both out. And uh, now we've got uh, the triangle going at each other again. You've got Bel Air, you've got Becky Lynch, and you've got Sasha Banks. Uh, the three Bs. Becky, Bel Air, Banks. Hmm. Moving forward, these three are going to continue to tangle and go at it. Becky will more than likely get the nod, but I could see Sasha in a twist of events because I think had she been healthy, she was going to win the title back from Bel Air. And, uh, I think Bel Air and Carmella should get into a program pretty soon, and I think that could be really, really good. But this match was really good, even with the DQ victory, uh, you know, DQ uh, ending. Then we had the Demon Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns. These two fought all over the place. Tables, chairs, everything else all over the place. The Usos were involved. Um... I kind of like that that Balor uses the demon as a way to kind of kick things up and do things a little differently. But the whole alter ego thing, that it can only go so far. And uh, I, I, this was a, a fantastic match. It had all the elements anything would need. We just all know that, that there was no way Balor was going to win the title, even if he won the match. He didn't. Roman did. Uh, the title doesn't need to be on anybody but Roman Reigns right now because we know who's waiting in the wings, and that's Brock Lesnar. 
Brock Finn would be good, but we want to see Roman and Brock because it puts Heyman in the middle. And that's, you know, moving forward, Balor. Balor's kind of in a weird spot because he could hang around the the, uh, top of the card. He could kind of slide himself back into the, the high mid card. Or he could swap brands and come to Raw, even though him versus Big E doesn't make sense. He would have to build himself up. But I could see Balor doing some some good things uh, here soon. Uh, Roman moving forward, like I said, it's a collision course for Brock Lesnar. I'm not sure which Survivor Series, maybe. It needs to be a big pay-per-view, and Survivor Series is the next best one, if not Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble is in January. At least Survivor Series is November. You could uh, really hype it between now and then. But uh, it is what it is. But, like I said, that was it was a solid pay-per-view. There wasn't any bad moments. There wasn't anything goofy or, or dumb or you know anything like that. It was actually pretty good. Actually pretty good. Uh, some of the... Oh. Let me go. All right. Alexa's future. What upset a uh, good friend of mine who is a casual wrestling fan, but uh, he, he likes uh, a handful of them here and there. It's, he asked me about them. I know stuff sometimes. Uh, he heard a rumor that Alexa is being taken off TV for a while. I told him a few things. Hopefully he listens to this show. If not, I'll, I'll tell him over the weekend. But uh, I, I, I could see this. It's not for anything bad. I don't think it has anything to, uh, you know, they've already got rid of Bray Wyatt. They're not going to get rid of Alexa Bliss. But between Lily and some of the weird hocus pocus stuff they were doing, it kind of runs its course. Now, she can still be dark and brooding, but uh, it was time, even though they were selling Lily's. I think in the, the WWE shop, they're probably doing well with it. I think it was time to kind of repackage, kind of sort out Alexa's character and, and uh, take it in a different direction or evolve this direction here. And also in kind of repackaging, it it, it will refresh her to the audience, which will uh, will help build her even more. Uh Having Charlotte be the one to take out that character and squash it is is the right thing. John Cena did that for a couple uh, gimmicks as well, just like, hey, this is done now. I said, we're going to see a slightly different Alexa come back. I think it's going to be really good. I think it's going to do some fun stuff. I think it's going to be a little on the lighter side, but watching her personality bloom in this direction has been fantastic. Um, And also... I think she was recently engaged. There's a chance she's taken off TV because maybe she's getting married. Or maybe she's uh, already married and going on a honeymoon. I don't think so. I don't think they're married yet. But, you know, maybe she's just taking time off. She has been pretty full on TV for a while. So maybe she had some time off due and they said, hey, here's a great way. We're going to kind of destroy the lily aspect and give give it kind of a, a fresh coat of paint and uh, see what it looks like on the other side. So don't be worried about Alexa Bliss. Uh, She's fine. They're not going to get rid of her. Uh, It would be totally dumb to do that. 
it's one of the more exciting characters they have on TV. You know, so many different things they could do. I, I guess I think they're just going to revamp it a little bit, kind of tweak a few things, and give her some much-needed time off. Uh, some of the loose things on Raw. Uh, Randy Orton took on AJ Styles. They've done that at a pay-per-view, but that is always 100% fantastic. RK Bro and, and still going for the title is kind of interesting. I don't care if they say a team or not. I just I think they should do something else. Uh, but with the draft coming up, there's a chance they'd split that team anyway. I'm not tired of AJ and almost yet, so they can keep kind of doing their thing as well. Um, I like the team of uh, Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza. Not only because they are related, which is kind of interesting. I think they're cousins or something like that. But these two, dynamically, there's not much they can't do in a ring. And if you pair the two of them together, they are a big-time tag team that, uh, when you add them to the mix, they are going to really boost the tag division. Um, They can play a lot of different angles in the way they do things, but uh, Angel Garza can out-wrestle lot of people and Humberto Carrillo flies through the air like a like a acrobat or something it is just unreal and as they pick up wins they're going to be added to the mix and they're going to be really really good I can see a title run somewhere down the road for them because honestly whether they're good or bad I think the crowd's going to take to them Uh, as far as that is concerned we have new women's tag team champions as Nikki Ash you know, almost a superhero, and Rhea Ripley won from Natalia and Tamina. It looked like Natalia and Tamina, their title run was coming to an end anyway because they were jobbing out to everybody they faced. I think, I want, I want to say one or the other is dinged up as well and maybe need, you know, not necessarily the surgery, but maybe some cleanup rehab to, to kind of heal up. But Natalia had lost to practically everybody else on the roster, so, I mean, it was only a matter of time. So, uh, congrats to the new champs. Uh, let's see, was that there or was that? Okay. Kind of the follow-up on that on SmackDown was you had Nikki Ash take on Natalia. She, uh, I think she rolled her up. And then at the end, Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox came down and, uh, on the tank and on the little, uh, little kid tank or whatever it is, or the mini tank shot one of the little foam projectiles at the, uh, the new tag champs and online, they, they made a compelling argument that they never got their title shot because they have clean victories over the former champs, Natalia and Tamina. So, if I was WWE, and I'm not, but if they asked my opinion, I would have Nikki and Rhea drop the belts to Shotzi and Tegan Knox, and I would let the youngsters kind of, the fresh faces kind of run with it. You're going to sell a lot of merchandise because of those two uh, ladies right there. They are uh, just super charismatic, and uh, people like them a lot. And that frees up Nikki and Rhea to do some other things because they're they're 
a weird tandem. They're not a, they're not really good or bad. They're just weird. Um, cleaning up SmackDown a little bit. Some news and notes. If Seth and Edge are going to keep fighting, okay, I want Seth to move on to bigger and better things. His promos are outstanding. He looks like he's in a broom closet half the time he does them, but they are fantastic, and uh, his in-ring work is is really good as well. I want Seth to do some pretty big things. Um, Looks like they're going to do an angle where Ray is more of a uh, coach to Dominic than anything, and uh, that Sami Zayn is kind of playing the intermediary there, which is which is interesting and, and pretty funny because, like I said, at some point, even though Corbin and Kevin Owens are kind of doing a thing as well, I think very much that when the contracts of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn run out, I think they leave. I just think they do. I think they, they are more indie darlings. They've always kind of been that way. I don't think they immediately run to AEW or something like that. I honestly could see them both back in Ring of Honor, which makes a ton of sense. I know I've said that on here before. But um, it just be interesting to see what some of these storylines do here. It looks like they're going to do kind of the Naomi versus Sonya, Sonya being the person in power, kind of like a, a Stone Cold McMahon a little bit, you know, somebody fighting against the boss. We'll see how that goes. Uh, the fact that Montez Ford got a match with Roman Reigns was pretty fantastic. He did a good job in that. He uh, he sold out that he uh, got dinged up a lot. They used that on the pay-per-view to feature uh, Dawkins, which was a nice touch. Uh, good match with them, though. Uh, let's see. That's pretty much Raw and SmackDown. Let's go to NXT. NXT last week opened up with Tommaso Ciampa. Celebration, which turned into a melee. I saw that coming. Roderick Strong took on Kushida. Roderick Strong, of course, with the Diamond Mind. Uh, and the help of the Diamond Mind, he beat Kushida. He is the new North American uh, champion, which is fine. Roderick Strong is a solid performer. And he's, you know, he's on he's on the level of a lot of the big-time ones in NXT. We just haven't got to see him a lot recently. Uh, Kushida bounce back. You'll probably get a match against that. I would like to see Kushida paired with somebody and make some tag team runs, or maybe they're calling Kushida up and they had to free up the title. But uh, somebody named Grayson Waller, I think he's been on a match or two before. He came out. He called out Roderick Strong. Looks like they're going to fight for that. That should be fun. They continue to feature Kaylee Ray. She was the UK standout over in the NXT UK. I think she held the title for like. 540-something days. So she'll have some squash matches. She'll get in some programs with people, and then I, I think we see her in the top going for the uh, women's title down there in NXT. Where was I? There we go. They had Trey Baxter take on Dante Chin, and Chin is the first... First uh, WWE competitor, I believe, but first NXT competitor from not sure which country he's from. Again, I'll look that up. He uh, is a different style. Uh, I don't even want to get the country wrong. 
He is from Singapore. He's a person from Singapore. They've never had anybody from Singapore before. Uh, like I said, different style. I definitely, it, it was interesting watching him work and to see how uh, the Singapore style uh, translates, and it really does. Uh, of course, he gets the win. They're going to build him up a little bit. Uh, I don't know if he, how well he talks, speaks English or anything. Well, I guess we'll see that in the next few weeks. Um, Joe Gacy decided to repackage himself. Came out a little more buttoned up. He kind of looked like a uh, southern minister <laughs> a little bit. But uh, he took on uh, Cameron Grimes. Cam with the big win there. That was a pretty good match. Cam is, is a mechanic while being a performer, and, and Gacy uh, did a good job of making Cam look good. Electra Lopez had a match. You know, she is front. She is the uh, the uh, female leader in the Legado de Fantasma or Del Fantasma. Uh, she had a little bit of a match, and then they got to kind of build her up because she's fresh on the thing. The thing with Hit Row and uh, LDF is gonna make it into a multi-person match somewhere down the road. We'll have to look forward to that. What else? Uh, Odyssey Jones took on two uh, random people and took them out. And then the two main things. And I'll wait this long to do that. The two main things that are of note is there is a new faction called Toxic, which is Mandy Rose. She's the leader. Uh, Gigi Dolan and uh, J.C. Jane. They are called Toxic Attraction. Mandy Rose changed up her hair to brown. And uh, I, it's an interesting faction. I would like to see what these girls can do, what these ladies can do, because um, they're super talented. I've, I've seen them wrestle numerous times, not much so together. So it will be interesting to see what they do and who they initially go after. And then in the main event, Pete Dunn and Rich Holland, possibly my favorite two-person tandem at the moment, versus Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa, the champ. Now, for people who don't know, I know NXT, was they were told not to ever bring this up, or not right now, uh, Braun Breaker. I've covered this guy for a couple years before he went to NXT. Not for this show, for the college football show. Braun Breaker is Bronson Recksteiner, otherwise known as the son of Rick Steiner, the nephew of Scott Steiner. That's who Braun Breaker is. He is, he is Rick Steiner's son. I think we've went into this a little bit before. But uh, they seem to really like this kid a lot. I mean, he had a, a big match where he beat uh, L.A. Knight, which is a good established person. And then now he got to take on Rich Holland and Pete Dunn with teaming up with the champ, Tommaso Ciampa. Big nod. And in fact, he got the clean victory over Rich Holland for this match. So, very interesting, very uh, very entertaining match, for sure, but very interesting how they are shooting Braun to the top, and it will be interesting to see what they do with him from there. 
Um, let's do Impact Wrestling next. Impact Wrestling started with Scott Demore in the ring with Josh Alexander, uh, who is who is doing the option C, as we said, where he trade one time a year. You can trade in if you are the sitting title holder of the X Division, your X Division champ. You can trade that in, give up the title for a shot at the world title at Bound for Glory. Well, that's what Josh Alexander's doing. He's going to take on Christian. Well, Ace Austin had a problem with that. He come down. This it's a whole rigmarole. It's nice that Ace is getting a little bit of a push, but unfortunately, it's hard to keep him up in the the, the top level at the moment, in my opinion. Uh, David Finley took on Hikaleo from the Bullet Club. Finley gets the win, but the Bullet Club gets the last laugh because as Hikaleo and Chris Bay are fighting with Juice Robinson and David Finley, the third member of the Bullet Club shows up. He's already been there for a while, but now he shows back up. El Fantasmo. El Fantasmo shows up. So now the Bullet Club have three members I have a feeling a couple more are going to come hang out, and Bullet Club's going to kind of set up shop with with uh, with uh, those guys in Impact Wrestling, which is fine. I have no problem with them doing that. Rohit took on Chelsea Green. Rohit ends up with uh, kind of a cheap victory, but uh, I, I'm never a fan of the uh, guy versus girl matches. Man versus woman match. I'm not, I'm not the world's biggest fan of them. This one was really good because they're both really good workers. There was nothing dumb, nothing crazy that actually happened with that. So that was good. Uh, but we did see the return of Raj Singh, who looks like he is going to pair up with Rohit Raju. And uh, they took out Matt Cardona, who was also at ringside. So maybe a new tag team there. I don't know what happened to Shara. He could always show up, too, and they could have a uh, uh, three-person group. Uh, looks like Mickey James and Gianna Prazo are going to continue their little feud. That should be a really good one. Gianna Prazo, possibly one of the best female wrestlers on the planet right now. And Mickey James has had that title a couple times before. Um... Ace Austin took on Josh Alexander. Josh ends up with the win, as he should have. Ace was was really good in this. Uh, as Madman Fulton and Ace started jumping on Josh, Christian came down, then they got the, the better of them, and then we got the return. I thought he had retired. Fallen Angel Chris Daniels comes down, and somehow he's going to be involved in this now. So if he's back in Impact... Wrestling, I think this is fantastic. That gives them a fresh face, somebody they could put almost anywhere, and he is going to help build things up moving forward because uh, what him and Christian are going to do is coming in as outsiders who have been there before make Impact Wrestling better. Let's go to Ring of Honor real quick. We'll do AEW, and then we'll talk about UFC and Bellator. Ring of Honor, Brian Johnson took on P.J. Black in a pure wrestling match, P.J. Black being kind of his mentor. And uh, Brian Johnson found a way to do underhanded things during a pure match to get the victory. 
P.J. Black congratulated him on it and said, hey, I taught you some of those things, so I'm glad that you took them and at least applied them. I can't be mad at you. Right. That's the uh, wolf in sheep's clothing, having Brian Johnson as a, uh, a pure wrestler, by the way. And then we had Kenny King took on Brody. It's Brody King, I think, too. Versus Jay Lethal versus Shane Taylor. This was uh, a really good, solid match. I, it surprised me that Brody got the clean win over Shane Taylor. But, uh, you know, it's about time Lethal isn't the one who loses a multi-person match like that. This was really good. All four of these guys can go. They could have went for an hour and a half. Luckily, they went for about 30 minutes, which was uh, just, just really, really good. Brody needs to be pushed a little more if they're going to do that, maybe into the heavyweight picture like he was before. Um, Bandito being the champion is nice, but you need to give it back to one of the big guys. That moves us to AEW. AEW, they uh, opened up with Omega, Kenny Omega, versus Brian Danielson, the American Dragon. This was, it ends up being a time limit draw, but this was the dream match that I wish we would have saw 10 years ago. And not to take away from this one, because this one was fantastic. But if these guys, even five years ago, when they were in their prime for the big neck injury for, for Danielson, this would have been just six stars out of five. But this one was really, really good. Um, there wasn't a lot of underhandedness by Omega. Danielson had many chances to win, just like Omega did. I could see this again down the road, but I think this was for the title, and there was just no reason to move the title just out of the blue like this, the way this match developed. I could see these two rematching somewhere down the road, hopefully soon. I'll look forward to it. Uh, let's see. MJF took on Brian Pillman Jr. Pillman Jr. is kind of getting a little bit of a push right now. It's more of a solo push, but, uh, the kid's pretty good. It seems like to me he gets a little too excited and, uh, can kind of overshoot sometimes. But beyond that, the fact that MJF, uh, would want to wrestle him is, uh, is a big thing. And, uh, you just can't say enough about MJF's in-ring work. Sometimes he gets a little too dastardly for my taste. But he's still one of the cornerstones they're going to use the building blocks going forward. And he's still one of the better talents out there right now. Malachi Black and Cody went at it again. Uh, Malachi Black gets the nod in this one. Uh, he's took out pretty much everybody in the Nightmare Academy or Nightmare Foundation, whatever they're calling themselves. He's pretty much took them all out. I think Malachi should move on to other things. To what? I don't know. But I think he should move on to other things. And uh, Cody as well. FTR took on Sting and Darby. I uh, was real surprised that Sting and Darby got the win in this one because FTR is by far the better team. But, uh, it's, you know, Sting and Darby continue to do big things. It amazes me the things that Darby can do to be as small as he is and uh, and and the things he's just not afraid to do. He'll, he'll throw himself at you however he can. And the fact that Sting does so well, I mean, 
it doesn't look like he's that far off from where he used to be when he was on top. But uh, Stinkin' Darby with the win there. And then we finish up with the with uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defending her championship against Ruby Soho. Soho's really good. Could she be champion down the road? Sure. But the fact that she's been in the company about three weeks and she's already won a big match to be the number one contender, and then now she gets to uh, face the champ like this, thank goodness they didn't have her win because that, that would have just not been a good look. Somewhere down the road, I can see it. Not right now. Britt needs to, to keep this. And she did. Uh, we'll move on to Rampage, which was two hours this week for I don't know what reason. I guess because basketball wasn't on. They open up with CM Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Hobbs looked like he took a few shots in this one that uh, kind of rung his bell. Um, I don't think they were like missed moves or opportunities from CM Punk, I don't think he was taking liberties. I just think they uh, he leaned in a little more than, than he should have on a couple of things, and uh, Punk caught him. Then we got to see the Super Click, otherwise known as Adam Cole, baby. And the Young Bucks, it's really just Adam Cole, but every time you say Adam Cole, you're supposed to say baby. Anyway, the Young Bucks and Cole took on Christian and Jurassic Express. When you get six people who can work as well as they do, it is just unreal how good the action is. And even though Omega and the rest of the group of the elite come down after this match, uh, Jungle Boy was staring a few of them down. Jungle Boy Adam Cole... Sign me up. That might steal the card of any card it's on. Uh, Dan Lambert accompanied Ethan Sky, or Ethan and Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Out of the ring, they took on Jake Hager and Chris Jericho. Uh, this was a pretty pretty solid match, and then uh, Sky got the victory over Hager. And then the American Top Team fighters all came out of the crowd to help uh, beat up and stomp Jericho and Hager. And it was capped off by Jorge Masvidal doing a kind of flying knee attack to Jericho. I still don't understand this angle. I don't. I don't get it at all. Uh, it was nice to see the fighters show up and, and Masvidal and, and Austin Vanderford and you know, all those. It was interesting, though. It just... I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Hour number two, and this is also what didn't make sense, is that you have Jericho and Hager getting beat up at the end of hour one and start of hour two, Santina, Santana and Ortiz come out for a match. Why didn't they come out and help them? They're all part of the group. It just didn't make a lot of sense. But Santana and Ortiz teamed up with Ray Phoenix and Penta El Zero Miedo Take on the Butcher, the Blade, and Private Party. Pretty much part of the, the, the Matt Hardy conglomerate, whatever he's calling himself. Uh, Santina Ortiz, Penta, and Phoenix get the win. This was really good. This was really good. Butcher and Blade, you can't say enough about. Private Party is like the AEW version of um, 
the Street Profits. It's a really good team. But uh, let's see. At the end of that one. Uh, the bunny. Well, the bunny was down there because of the of uh, the blade. But we get the follow-up match after that. Anna Jay versus Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford actually got the win when she used brass knuckles to take Anna Jay out. Uh, the bunny come in. They were both beating up Anna Jay pretty good. Tay Conti come out. Ty Conti come out, rather. And uh, she got kind of meleeed, too. It'd be fun to see this. these two tandems kind of uh, do a few programs together. I think probably tomorrow night I, I could see them in a, in a tag match of some kind. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Then they had a lights out match. Uh, lights out match usually means that they cut the lights out and they wrestle with like the security lights on. In this case, as it was presented to us by Justin Roberts, the announcer, this lights out match, they were going to turn off the lights, and when they turned them back on, the match was going to be unsanctioned, like not sanctioned by AEW. They were like not responsible for what happened. Basically, it was a hardcore match. It was a Extreme Rules match. It was whatever it wanted to be. Uh, and it was Suzuki and Archer, Lance Archer, who took on Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. Uh, this one was pretty good. They both... Both teams took turns kind of beating the crap out of each other. It eventually come down to Kingston's good buddy, Homicide, who is normally in Ring of Honor. Homicide actually showed up. Yeah, they're, they're not doing a talent exchange that I know of. Homicide shows up and helps Kingston out, and uh, they take out Archer. This is a good match. This is something like you would see in New Japan. Maybe not all the weapons so much, but... Just really, really good. Kingston is is extremely underrated. Uh, Suki will take on anybody. And uh, you throw in Moxie and Archer, and this was just fantastic. Just fantastic. Now, let's quickly get to the fighting. Of course, that would be UFC and MMA. Uh, let me get to... This was part of the UFC... 266, Volkanovski versus Ortega. Man, was this card loaded. This is how loaded it was. Towards, uh, not even on the main card, I don't think. No, not even on the main card. You had Marlon Marais take on Marav Davashili. Marav gets the, the uh, KO victory, round number two. About 30 seconds left in the round there. Uh, Bantamweight is just blowing up in the UFC. This was a good fight. Another good fight. Dan Hooker gets the win over Nasrat Hopperis. Lightweight division. Really, really good. Uh, he gets a unanimous decision victory. Dan Hooker, man. He's, he's a bad, bad man. And uh, he took out Nasrat. Uh, moving to the main card. We got Jessica Andrade taking on Cynthia Calvillo. Andrade finds the round one victory via KO, TKO, however you want to say it. Andrade, in her last fight, she got taken out by the bullet. 
in this one, she looked really, really good. I could see her being about one win away from maybe going, getting another chance at Valentina. In the men's heavyweight division, Curtis Blades showed everybody that he can out-wrestle Jarzinho uh, Rosenstrike. Rosenstrike was a heavy enough puncher that he had a couple chances, but he could not catch Curtis enough. Curtis gets the unanimous decision victory. In the rematch of the big fight from about what, seven, eight years ago, the return of Nick Diaz was spoiled by Robbie Lawler, who got the KO victory early in round three. Uh, I think Nick will fight a couple more times, but uh, Robbie told Nick, hey, thanks for bringing out the best of me and making me uh, get back to that level. That brought up, as I said, Valentina the Bullet Shevchenko defends her women's flyweight championship. Over Lauren Murphy. Uh, Lauren, on, on she, she did the best she could. Uh, just, as she said, Valentina's on a different level. Valentina knows she's on a different level. Um, I'll talk about that direction in a minute. But Lauren, she deserved to be in the spot. She fought hard. She had like five or six victories in a row leading up into this. But as she said, sometimes you get in a fight and you just realize the other person is the better fighter. So... Uh, Kudos to Lauren. Keep fighting. Keep grinding. Uh, you know, you may be a, a, a victory or two more away from being right back in a title match. Somebody's going to have to take out Valentina to do that. Good luck. Now, with Valentina, she's done a pretty good job of wiping out the division. I think the fight that makes sense is her versus Amanda Nunes. But that to be for a title. Amanda can keep her two. Valentina can keep her one. It doesn't matter. These two ladies need to fight. They need to fight each other. So let's get this going, UFC. Let's get it going. Uh, and then the main event, Alexander Volkanovsky with the unanimous decision over Brian Ortega. Uh, Volkanovsky just put on a clinic. Uh, it was not... As super one-sided as that sounds, Ortega had some really good shots. At one time, he he had Volkanovski ready to tap or pass out in a, I think it was the guillotine that, that Alexander said. He goes, oh, he almost had me. But in the end, Volkanovski keeps his belt. He's the men's featherweight champion. And we get to see who's, who's next, who's going to be coming up next. Speaking of coming up next, UFC Fight Night, Tiago Santos versus Johnny Walker is the event this Saturday for the UFC. Check ESPN and ESPN Plus for the action in that one. And uh, the main card, Bellator 267, is this is this weekend. Uh, here's the main card. you got Yannick Bahati taking on Luke Trainer in the light heavyweight uh, division. You get Tim Wilde versus Eves Landu in the lightweight. You get Andrew Fisher taking on Robert Whiteford in the featherweight uh, feature fight there. In the women's featherweight division, the co-main event is Jessica Borga versus Leah McCourt. 
that's going to be really, really good. And then we get we get Douglas Lima versus Michael Page, MVP two. This is going to be good. This is going to be really, really good. Uh, Lima has the experience. He's been fighting a lot. MVP, uh, 19-1. There's a reason why he's that good. He's got a very unorthodox. He's a lot like Nate Diaz to me, but he's got a lot more flair to it. But when he needs to actually buckle down and fight, he can do that as well. But uh, Lima versus MVP, too, that's on, on paper the best fight coming up this weekend. By far. But, shout out to all you amazing people who make this show so much fun to do each and every week. That's going to do it for us. See you guys next week. This has been another great edition of Strong Style. See you next week. Go watch fighting. Go watch wrestling. Watch combat sports, guys. Deuces, gooses.